Matthew chapter 24 verse 4 says, Take heed that no man deceive you. Beginning at verse 6 then of that same chapter, Matthew continues, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. What's in the news this week? Wars and rumors of wars? Nations rising up against nations? This week's news contained articles of Russia and China working together in war games and strategy focused on eliminating a America's world dominance, along with NATO's challenge to them as well. That article focused on two of the world powers, King of the North and the King of the East, identified in the Armageddon campaign of the book of Revelation, and targeted America and NATO nations, which apparently formed the entity of the King of the West, in their activities. A related article focused on Iran and other Arabic nations, which will be the structure for the king of the south and the other world power involved in that impending attack of Israel just prior to the second advent of Christ. Wars and rumors of wars. Pestilences and earthquakes in various places. The word pestilence is from the Greek word loimos, and it refers to any contagious disease that gets out of control, killing many. COVID-19 continues to dominate the news today, but other articles this week reveal in the lab from which COVID-19 came and other labs around the world, scientists continue to flirt with pestilences and devastating disease through their experimentation, much of which is designed to use as weapons of war. Tuesday, as I was preparing this study, there were 34 earthquakes of 2.5 magnitude or higher that were recorded before noon. The National Earthquake Center reports there's an average of of, uh, 55 earthquakes of 2.5 magnitude or greater every day around the globe. Famines, an average of 21,000 people die every day because of food lackability. Persecution of Christians. The World Watch List tells us that that 340 million Christians live in places where they experience high levels of persecution just for following Jesus. That's one in eight believers that face persecution daily. The Watch List website 
publishes a list of 50 places around the world where it costs the most to be a Christian. And the current events daily report. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another, and they shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. A major problem with today's prophetic preachers is that too often their prophetic preaching focuses on the events that are going to occur during the seven-year tribulation. Countless books, videos, conferences, and seminars are produced every year in an effort to interpret what's going to take place in that seven-year period, which is the conclusion of the Jewish administration known as the Age of Israel. Attempts to identify the persons featured in that seven-year period, attempts to identify the world organizations that are involved, attempts to identify the mark of the beast, on and on the intriguing pursuit goes. For centuries, mathematical formulas have been developed to explore the number 666 in an attempt to identify the Antichrist. Various formulas have been developed in an attempt to identify every pope since the Reformation as being the Antichrist. The kingdom of the King of the West is described in the Bible as a ten-nation confederation. Everyone thought they had that all figured out when there were seven nations in the European Common Mart, and there were three nations that had applied for membership. It was based on the 1957 Treaty of Rome, the revived Roman Empire. They owned a computer that took up an entire floor of their headquarters, and they called the computer affectionately the Beast. They claimed to be able to assign a number for buying and selling to every human being on earth using a combination of three sets of six numbers, their idea of 666. Their leader said, we're looking for a man, a leader, and be he God or be he devil, we will follow him. But alas, they have changed their name to the European Union and have a membership of 27 nations. Boy, did God miss a good chance when that was taking place. That's human viewpoint, of course. I agree that there are some fascinating things that are found in the prophetic writings and that were certainly written to provide us with information. I've done my share of speculation as well uh, as that which is revealed is revealed in order for us to have some basic knowledge of what God is going to be doing to motivate us to do the work which He has appointed us to do. The lack of clarity in the revelation lends itself to a great deal of speculation and can sidetrack us from the reason for its revelation to us in the church age. You see, it's given to us in order to motivate us to service. The church is not going to be here when these events between the 6th chapter and the 19th chapter of Revelation occur. We are taken up to heaven in the rapture at the beginning of Revelation chapter 4. 
We're given just enough information in the rest of the book to acquaint us with the basic characteristics and purposes of what is going to take place during that period of time, and the rest of the book and the other prophetic writings will provide a manual for those that are left behind concerning the completion of the age of Israel, that seven-year period described in Revelation chapter 6 through 19. God has provided us with insight into that seven-year period, but our focus must be upon the epistles, for they contain the doctrinal principles designed to guide us in our role and responsibilities in this life. If we fail to understand the dispensational teaching of the Word of God, we're going to be sidetracked from our appointed ministry and mission. God revealed the ending of time in order to provide us with both the peace and the motivation we need in order to live out our design. Knowing the end of the story then fosters peace in the midst of the conflict. Therefore, this series, Understanding Current Events in the Light of Bible Prophecy, will focus then upon the prophecy as it relates to the church and the events which direct our response to what we're supposed to be doing in the world today. It may not be as exciting as attempting to unravel the mystery statements and identify all the players, but it will help us to keep our focus on our ministry and define our response to the circumstances that we encounter. Stagehands and props. The people in our daily news are the stagehands preparing the stage of life for the final drama before the return of our Lord and the activities described in each newscast are the props that are being set in place for the opening of the curtain, the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church opens the curtain for the final act. Second Thessalonians 2.7 says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, Only he who now letteth will let until he is taken out of the way. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. What does that mean? Well, the phrase, only he who letteth will let until he's taken out of the way, refers to the church under the power of the Holy Spirit. The word letteth is from the Greek word katatekon, Some translations use the word restraineth. The word means the instrument in control and refers to Jesus' words to the church to either let or restrain. It's to control what happens there. In Matthew 16, 19, it is written, And I will give thee, uh, give unto thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall have already been bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. The church is the administrator and the stewards of God during this church age. When we're taken out at the rapture, the tribulation begins, and the rapture of the church then will raise the curtain for the tribulation, followed by the second advent of Christ, And so today's news deals with stagehands and props getting the stage ready. The Gospels are really part of the Jewish age. 
The gospel is the core of Christianity, and without the gospel, we have no understanding of our lost condition, nor do we have any information for our salvation. The gospel message begins in the first words of the Bible, in the beginning, God. And the gospel message ends with the last words of the Bible, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The four gospel accounts summarize and explain that gospel message. Matthew presents Jesus in his role as king and was written primarily for the Jews. Mark presents Jesus in his role as servant and was written primarily for the Romans. Luke presents Jesus in his role as man and was written primarily for the Greeks. John presents Jesus in his role as God and was written for the whole world. The gospel message is that of a servant king and of the God-man. Together, these four gospel accounts present that total gospel message of Christ, the sent one of God, the Savior of the world, coming for whosoever will. These gospel accounts reveal the virgin birth, the sinless life, the sacrificial death, the victorious resurrection, the glorious ascension, the present intercession, and the soon coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. They form the core of Christianity. They are tools for evangelism. The goal of evangelism is the salvation of the souls of men. The book of Acts provides an early history of the church and records the commitment and the faithfulness of the early church age believers and the spread of the gospel beyond the Jews to every nation under heaven. The book of Revelation introduces the revelation of Jesus Christ, and it provides a brief synopsis of the church age with some general admonitions and instructions for this period and some brief prophecies related to the church. But the church is called up into heaven at the beginning of chapter 4, and the prophecies are directed then toward the completion of the age of Israel with details concerning the seven-year period of time known as the tribulation, or in the Old Testament as the 70th week of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9, 24 through 27. It's only in Revelation chapter 19 that the church is mentioned again as she returns with Christ to usher in the millennial reign of Christ. But it's the epistles. The epistles that provide instructions for believers in living life as believers, as sojourners here on the earth. And so it's in the epistles that we find prophecy for our day and should attempt to understand the current events in light of that Bible prophecy. Epistle prophecies related to believers in the church age will be the core of what we're going to focus on in this series. If we're going to determine what our proper response should be to what is going on today, then we must understand what God has revealed about the future as it relates to the church age. Therefore, this series will concentrate on the revelation of the Bible prophecies in the epistles. The epistles provide the motivation and the instruction concerning what our biblical response is to be concerning what we are experiencing in governments today.
So we're going to examine Bible prophecy revealed in the epistles. Paul wrote 13 of the epistles and made a trip to the throne room of God and returned again with more information than he was allowed to give. So it's only natural that he should provide the most prophecy for the church age believer concerning end times. But before we focus on Paul's Bible prophecy for the church age, we need to at least get an exposure to the prophetic utterances of other writers. The epistle to the Hebrews is written by an unknown human writer. The author, of course, is God. It's properly named because it's a graphic explanation to the Jews that Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of messianic promise and prophecies that were given to the Hebrews. The ritual and the prophetic messages found in the Old Testament provide a foundation for instruction pointing to and climaxing in the person, character, and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The writer of the epistle to the Hebrews does a masterful job in connecting the prophetic dots for the Jews in that day. Of course, some of those dots are yet to be connected. The first two chapters set the stage for our later examination. We'll look at them briefly today. Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sin, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For under which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he said, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever, a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with all the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning, hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall all wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? And in chapter 2 continues, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, 
lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and then was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing the witness, both with signs and wonders, and with divers miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man, that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownest him with glory and honor, and did set him over the work of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, to bring many sons into glory and to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one of the same. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, Behold, I am the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them through fear of death who were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be likened to his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. So the writer of Hebrews gives us some insights prophetically. Then we have the epistle of Second Peter. In his second epistle, Peter exercises his gift of prophecy to provide some general documentation and prophetic statements designed to, pur- to stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. Well, let's look at it. Second Peter chapter 1. This second epistle, beloved, I write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing that first there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, 
and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that we look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, and also in his epistles, speaking in those things, these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest you also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Then we have the first epistle of the Apostle John. The Apostle John is the human scribe, of course, for the book of Revelation. The revelation is identified as the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the book of Revelation. The first three chapters of Revelation is a prophetic revelation to the church age believers, but the majority of the book relates to the Jews and the completion of their administration. But in John's first epistle, he makes reference to the Antichrist and to the last time. He writes in 1 John 2.18, Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. The Apostle James is the half-brother of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, he is a son of Joseph and Mary, born after, of course, the virgin birth of Christ. James refers to a parable of the Lord to remind his readers of the need for patience as they live out their godly design as husbandmen, 
This development of patience is intended to provide stability in our lives and in our ministry while we await Christ's rapture of the church. James chapter 5 verses 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until it receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. In his short one-chapter epistle, Jude, another half-brother of our Lord, uh, identifies a multitude of doctrines in this short epistle, and some with this prophetic message. Verse 14, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So these epistles contain some prophetic message. The Apostle Paul was appointed to be the Lord, the, by the Lord to be the Apostle to the Gentiles. And so it's fitting that he would provide the basic doctrines for the church age. And with that, the prophecy that we in the church age need in order to understand how properly to respond to the government and to society, uh, even to the church leaders, as what in the world is going on today. In Paul's epistles, we have prophecy for church-age believers concerning the intermediate state, the apostasy, the rapture, the day of the Lord, the revelation of the Antichrist, the judgment of believers, the second coming of Christ, the restoration of Israel, the last judgment, and the eternal state. The purpose of prophecies in the epistles is to reveal details concerning then the immediate state, that is, that period of time between an individual's physical death and the rapture. The apostasy slash rapture of the church. There are some who translate that falling away identified in Second Thessalonians uh, uh, as a departure from the faith, but there's nothing in the context that identifies it as a departure from the faith. It's simply a departure, and the whole setting is a departure from the earth. It's a rapture passage, as we will see when we get to it. And then the day of the Lord, the revelation then following the rapture of the church, the revelation of the Antichrist will occur. There'll be the judgment of believers, the second coming of Christ, the restoration of Israel, the last judgment, and the eternal state are the subjects that we're going to be looking at from a prophetic view to understand what our response needs to be in these last days. There are Bible prophecies that relate directly to us 
understanding the relationship of these prophetic events as they relate to current events, then will be our focus in this series that we have titled Understanding Current Events in the Light of Bible Prophecy. But of course, it all begins at salvation. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God bless.